Welcome back. This is Lydia, and you are listening to Record Talk Listen. Uh, We have a great episode for you today. It features Matthew Scarpelli. He is a third-generation funeral director here in Cumberland, and uh, he's here to shed some insight and also some history about his profession and his family business. So uh, they're a very distinct part of the community and of any community. So if you've ever been curious of, of the basic history of funeral directing, funeral homes, or anything of that sort, this is an episode for you to listen to. And it's very good and chock full of information. So uh, speaking of information and all of our, if you're wondering where all of our previous episodes are or how you can subscribe or recommend the podcast to somebody else, maybe somebody who needs to maybe listen to this particular episode, you can go to our website and it's recordtalklisten.com. You can find all of our previous episodes there for free to listen to. But we highly recommend that you subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Podcast Republic, Google Play, and Stitcher. That way you'll never miss another episode, and you can take us with you wherever you go. We do love our listeners, and uh, we feel the love every week by receiving thousands of downloads of our episodes. So um, a way to support the podcast and make sure the episodes remain free and available for everybody is to support the podcast by donating or becoming a patron. And you can find all of that information on our website. Another way to make sure to keep in contact and never miss anything, especially on Facebook, since Facebook kind of limits the audience sometimes, is to join our Facebook group. And it is called The People Who Listen. So if you are a person who listens, then you need to join the group. Um, It'll give us a way, a direct line to me, ask questions. And we can also, uh, when we do have people come on the podcast, we can announce that. And we can then get your questions directly to the person who is going to be on that particular show. So we can be a little bit more interactive with you, our audience. So if you haven't done that or you are thinking about joining, I highly recommend you do it. And again, it's on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. You just search the people who listen and join the group. Speaking of listening, let's get right into the episode with Matthew Scarpelli. Matthew Scarpelli, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So you're what they would consider, what would you call yourself, an undertaker? Mortuary scientist? Undertaker is an older term, but uh, I'm a funeral director. Yes. I'm a, with the state of Maryland, I'm a licensed mortician. Okay. Which means I'm allowed to perform embalmings. Uh, but for the most part, I go by funeral director. Funeral director. Right. Okay. A little bit better, less shocking than undertaker. Yeah. Or mortician. Mortician. Um, <laughs> right. exactly. But I, my business card does say mortician. The next batch, I think I'm going to have that changed. Changed to funeral director. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, think yeah. I would do that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a family business. So it's not something that is totally a foreign concept to you or, or you weren't thinking like this is your life's dream or goal is you know, not being in a family business orientation. Right. Right. I completely grew up in it. Um, I actually have a small scar on my forehead from riding my tricycle around the viewing rooms as a child. <laughs> I, I believe I hit a coffee table or something, mm-hmm. a little bump there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I've been around it my entire life, um, except for uh, I lived in uh, Washington, D.C. for a while. I got my bachelor's degree down there and then uh, lived and worked in um commercial real estate and then the the recession took care of that pretty swiftly (laughs) right exactly um and then uh, my particular career path was getting a little sticky a little little cutthroat a little aggressive um a lot of people were trying to take other people's jobs and 
I don't know. I, I'm just too, a little too nice for that. Well, that um, that's a good problem to have, don't you think? I, I, I think so. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then you decided that uh, this is your a good exit strategy, and maybe it's time to go back and be right. involved. In yeah, the you know, my dad was having some health issues. Uh, my grandfather was at the end of his life, and um, I w- I needed a change. Um, I, w- I wanted to do something a little bit more fulfilling, and yeah, uh, you, know, uh, you know, although it's it's different, it's yeah. not for everybody, but you can say that with, it is very rewarding. I I imagine, and I think that um, it's a non traditional. It's a non-traditional job, really. Yeah, in, in some you sense. Know, the Monday through Friday thing. I, I don't know if it was completely for me. Right. Well, now it's every day. Now it's seven days a week, and you don't want to go to every single thing that's planned on the weekend. It's a great escape strategy. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so, that's a good way of looking. You at know, it. yeah. All, all I gotta do is just say I have to go to work, and people are like, "Oh, oh, oh, sorry." It's sorry. an era. It's like it's okay. I I didn't know him that well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but do you think that, I mean, most, uh, funeral directors, is it a family kind of lineage is what kind of gets them involved or is it like 50, 50, uh, in towns like ours, um, you know, what's Cumberland like, you know, 25,000, 25,000, I'd say, you know, cities of like, you know, typically 50,000 people or less. Yeah. It's mostly family owned. Right. Um, once you get into your larger cities and uh, your more metropolitan areas, there's uh, corporations that own funeral homes That's that keep the family name, actually. Oh, okay. So you might not even know unless... You wouldn't know too much except for it would be like the family name and then uh, a large one is called Dignity International, I believe. Okay. Um, they're out of Houston, Texas. And uh, you know, they're like a New York Stock Exchange traded company wow okay um and then there's also families that have taken the next step and they've become their own little conglomerate okay i know in frederick maryland there's like one family that owns almost every funeral home in frederick county right um it's all under the same name but they just slowly acquired all of them and yeah, I mean, does or, that happen frequently? I would imagine if if it's in a, those larger areas, yeah, yes. Yeah, you okay. know, they just capitalize on the consolidation. Right. But here in smaller areas, uh, they tried coming into our area. Uh, I will. I was probably in the '90s. I think mm-hmm. in the '90s, a company that has since gone defunct uh, bought a funeral home in Cumberland. They bought two cemeteries, and it just didn't work here. Right uh, here, you know, you, you sort of have to adapt to people's situations. Yes. And uh, a corporate structure has a very, this is the way we do it. This is. There's no wiggle room. The, there's no wiggle room. You know, it, it's, I'm not trying to say that we charge people different things, but, you know, sometimes you have to work out a, a payment option with people or sure. you have to show the humanity side or, or you know we even uh with like uh, people wanting to do more of a celebration of life for people uh, right you know we'll, we'll, we'll have families now that just basically say uh you know when it's time at 3 p.m when we start pretty much just close the door and we'll let you know when we're ready and you know they just do their own thing and that's cool yeah i mean i think it's um it allows people to, uh, whether it's religious or cultural, 
uh, be able to express how they want to to help that person move to the next right. stage. Um, and I think it's really cool that you, it's probably really interesting for you because you get to see different kinds of it's ways. A of really doing. cool part of my job. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not necessarily the most diverse community here, but right. we do have a little bit. Um, we, I well, for one thing, I I see almost every division of Christianity. Right. You know, I, mm-hmm. I personally, I am a Catholic. Um, we have a very regimented funeral uh, plan. Uh, sure. And then, you know, there's a lot of branched off uh, Protestant religions, um, you know, like uh, like your lighthouse, your assembly of God, uh, and then like your more structured uh, Methodist and Baptist and everything. But still, it's just neat to see how other people look at it. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things that we have personally is kind of a, a niche um, for um, the Hindu culture. Okay. Uh, our location with a crematory, uh, it's customary for cremation to happen during the service. And right. uh, from what I understand, the first time this happened, uh, you know, with this this actually decent-sized community that we have here, is someone had passed away. It was like the elder man of the family. And he called, uh, the eldest son called and asked about having a prior fire yeah. for the deceased, which would involve a large bonfire. Yes. Um, and uh, my dad uh, is like, uh, well, you know, uh, no, no, no. It's <laughs> not something uh, we do. We, we just can't. We, we, we can't. might be able to pull off, but no. Right. Uh, we can't. Um, but we have a location with a crematory and we'll allow you to, uh, press the start button. Uh, right. So you like, can work within the constraints. We can work with the constraints. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, and, that's um, good. Yeah. Yeah. A small community of trust. Uh, yeah, they, they know who we are. We're parts of the community and absolutely. And I think also, um, people who know you feel comfortable with you, um, knowing, I there mean, has I guess to be for the most part, huh? <laughs> for the most part, yeah. For the most part, yeah. I mean, they they they're comfortable with knowing the fact that like they're gonna if the if you know somebody, you can kind of get to know them a little bit, especially like their family and what they you know the whole thing. So when you do die or you get sick or something like that, and you think like okay, because everybody dies, I don't know if it's a um, surprise for anybody, but it, this it is, is a shock for a lot of people I know, actually, I um, unfortunately. <laughs> right, but I mean, it's something that you should be not thinking about on a daily basis that would be kind of morbid but um something to plan for in the future because that's going to happen right but um knowing that knowing a little bit about the family um then you can feel comfortable knowing that you'll you'll have you'll be it'll be nice that everything will be taken care of yes so i mean and i think that that's with any funeral home in any small community people you know you're going to know them eventually right Um, um you know, our paths will cross at some point. Right. You know. um, but, I mean, there's also something about uh, being able to trust somebody if, like, if somebody dies suddenly that are going to help you figure out what's going to work the best for you in that particular time where everything seems to be falling apart. Yes. Helping in a time of need is the core of our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's what people have been doing in this industry since, uh, you know, colonial times here in America. Um, the That's term what, undertaker yeah. itself, uh, yeah, I mentioned to you earlier, uh, 
in the colonies, there would be someone in the colony tasked with undertaking the deed of caring for the dead. Right. And that is where the term undertaker has come from. Come from. Uh, it was the colonial uh, someone, and it was usually someone of importance in, in town. Yeah, I mean, I mean that they um, think that's. They st- I still think that that's probably true right. to this day. I mean, uh, well, yeah, as important as we can be, but uh, it, it was actually a, sort of interesting. It was usually someone that would make furniture. Um, because he needed someone you to, to make, make a the coffin. Casket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, burial was the only safe option. Uh, for disposing of a of a body. A human, yeah. You know, getting a body to final disposition. Right. I mean, I so I mean, there's many different ways now of burying or cremation, and there's a bunch. Well, that, of, that's kind of about it, right? Yeah. Now. Bury, um, burying and cremation. There, yeah. there's some new things coming al- along the line. Uh, uh, but they're they're a little far off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool to be in an industry that's been around since the dawn of man, and it's still changing. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, in uh, ancient Egypt, I mean, oh my it, God, it, it, yeah. it was like a, a serious gig. I mean, I mean, that was like the first kind of embalming. Right. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah. And then... Um, Is that ancient embalming? Ancient embalming. I, You know, from what I understand, the... Removal of the organs, placing yeah. them in different jars. Absolutely, and yeah. uh, I believe they. You know, even then, there was like different levels of service that they would provide. Sure. And from there, uh, embalming became uh, popular uh, a while later, around the time of the Civil War. Uh, it, the practice was invented in Europe. I can't remember exactly from who. Uh, part of the education for getting licensed as a funeral director is, is knowing the history. History of, yeah. history of mortuary science was a class. Well, if anybody is interested, I'm sure that they can um, find the answer on Google. Uh, absolutely, yeah, you could you could look more into it. But mm-hmm. uh, so the practice came from Europe, mm-hmm. and during the Civil War, you would have you know everybody went to war. You know, rich, poor, everyone in between. You know. It was, it, all this didn't discriminate it well. did not discriminate people were called to arms and they were you know fighting for their belief you would have people pass away uh, you know children uh, right. passing away far away and a lot of people had f- homesteads and farms and family plots plantations in their own family cemeteries mm-hmm. and they wanted to get them back there and someone came along and was like well i have this procedure that can preserve the body and we can get it back to you. That was kind of the beginning, but the real big tipping point was, unfortunately, Abraham Lincoln's assassination. Yeah. Um, You know, it was a very contentious time in America, and what happened was, you know, he was assassinated. But communication was, you know, hardly existed you know right it was and even that like um i'm sure there's probably false reports of his death anyway right um i imagine false reports of his death happened during the course of the civil war i would imagine his story of it but i mean i think i think that that's probably what happened so you know even that could be misinterpreted so they had to have a way to get to physically prove that he was dead right so we're going to embalm the body uh it's uh, we're going to have him lay in state and then 
they actually took him around on a train to different towns to prove that he was dead to confirm the reality of death right and um people were able to like tour a a special train car i believe so yes yeah so i mean it was um it was a quite quite the ordeal but that's really what kicked off this whole because probably people had never seen somebody embalmed before until they saw lincoln right a lot of uh the original ways of doing it would they would lay them on top of like a sheet of ice Mm -hmm. um or something like that and but this will this had them completely together right uh, and able to stick around for a little while uh and people were into it again like you know with the being able to confirm the reality yeah uh, that's why you see a lot of old Victorian photos of people at are gathered around a deceased body. Right. Was, it was almost like a death certificate, having a photograph of you with a deceased body. Right. Because you could prove, yes, they are deceased. There they are. Right. Here's, a, here's me standing next to them. Mm-hmm. I was there. I saw it. And here I am alive telling you about it. So Yeah. Now, I mean, I know a lot of people... Um, had them in the front parlor rooms right so i mean in the funeral parlor um does that come from that yes kind of yeah the the parlor room viewing was uh it was pretty common, common yeah. uh pre-world war ii for the most part yeah um my grandfather uh in that era you know we still have his equipment for handling um preparing the body in a person's home. Oh, wow. Okay. So the person would pass away in their home. Uh, a funeral director would show up with all their equipment uh-huh. and actually perform, perform the embalming in the bathroom. Wow. Okay. Uh, and we actually still have that equipment. I'd love to be able to set it up at some point. And, yeah, you like know, a history of... Check it out. Sure. But I mean, so they so, were, so the person who passed away would never leave their house until they were on their way to the cemetery, I would imagine. Right. The church or right. straight to the cemetery. Um, you know, if they uh, did the service in the house, I'm not sure, but um, that that would be about it. Yeah. Then World War II came along and um, my grandfather uh, had been working in the business here in Cumberland, I guess uh, in the days when Cumberland was pretty booming. pretty booming and busy mm-hmm. and when he was drafted they asked him you know do, do you have any work experience and he was like well i've worked in funeral homes and they, i randomly i guess he was talking to the right person but uh they sent him off to philadelphia to get formally trained as an embalmer mm-hmm. at a school called Eccles, which was actually the fir- one of the first mortuary colleges in in oh, america okay are they still around? No, they they do not exist anymore. I'm okay. not too sure of what how uh, Eccles came apart, but they, they I do know they were the first. I do know uh, I have his class ring from it. That's cool. Um, which is neat. Uh, and then they sent him off to England, and while he was there, he. Cambridge University donated a large chunk of land for American soldiers to be buried in. Okay. And the original idea at the beginning was that they'd bury him there, let the war do Die its down. thing. Right. Once everything, everyone's cool. Yep. We'll send them on back to America and then 
to this the family. Great, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're just basically going to keep them in the ground. You know, it's pretty cold there and everything. But unfortunately, the war was a lot busier than, than they I guess they originally thought it was going to be. I think. Right. And that's what where he's been. Um, the majority of his time was preparing bodies, burying them in the cemetery. You know, having a register of them. And uh, so I mean, he did everything from start to finish, including registering the bodies. Right, and, and there was a core of them. Uh, yeah. I have pictures of them, and they're they just kind of look like a regular group of army guys, but they're all specially trained. They they were specially trained in doing this, and they weren't necessarily fighting. I I think towards the end they they tried to get a couple of them to go off fighting, but like it it was already winding down at that right, point, right, so right. they didn't really need them to that much um but i mean i think that's just it's kind of neat that cemetery still exists yeah actually i, I really want to get to it at some point that'd be great because uh, very few of them were actually ever brought back right so they're all still there probably right yeah a good good many, a good of many. some of them were but so they um so then he came back from world war ii um and then started scarpelli's is that how that happened right uh it i believe i i'm not can't quite remember um it was here 1947 or 1948 okay he was able to purchase a doctor's office on virginia avenue mm-hmm. um it's still the same building we operate out today only we've expanded upon it and that was when uh you know after the war a big era of prosperity yeah um and the funeral home became a thing. People didn't really want to do things in the house anymore. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You know, we we just came out of the Great Depression, the war. We're, we're done with all this sad stuff at home. Right. Um, so the funeral home became uh, a popular thing. It was a place. You know, home home services were still a thing. Yes. But they were fading away. They're kind of falling out of vogue. Which is a thing that happens in funeral service. Uh, I guess a little bit more on that later. but. Uh, so he started this funeral home. It was, uh, you know, married his sweetheart, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then it was the two of them and one other guy, Weasel. Uh, and the three of them uh, did very well. Uh, they yeah. have created a very busy business. My grandfather was very involved in South Cumberland. Uh, the business grew. Uh, my dad entered the business, uh, then followed by my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, we expand to another location in Crescent Town. Um, uh, we were the second crematory in the, in the county. Uh, nice. our, our friends on the other side of town started that. And um, we put in a crematory in 1999. And then I joined the business part-time in 2009, uh, whenever my time in D.C. came to an end. Uh-huh. And I wanted to help out my dad, who had some health problems, and uh, my grandfather. I wanted to spend time with him. And then, you know, dad recovered, and I started, I'm like, I I like it here. (laughs) This is nice. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think it's, um, I have a family business. Uh, My parents have both retired, so that's, um, that's, it's great. I mean, but you kind of grow up with it. It seems familiar. It's kind of like. Putting on your favorite pair of shoes, it's you know, home. it's home, you know, you feel right. comfortable with the people that you work with and the relationships that, that right. you do. So, I mean, I think that sometimes you're 
because of that. And you're a third generation I am. funeral director. I am third generation. So, I mean, that's something to be pretty proud about. It's pretty proud. I, you know, every now and then we'll, we have to do work with other funeral homes in mm-hmm. other towns because, you know, people move south True. or they yeah. move closer to where their kids live. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, go on a funeral home's webpage to try to find um, one to use to help us get the body back. Sure. To Cumberland. And I always look at like their about us section of their webpage uh-huh. to make sure that they're like a fellow family family run family run business and then i get jealous because some of them will have the staff section and it will say like you know the the president owner sixth generation <laughs> and then like you can see like their kids are like seventh generation and it'll be like someone real young eighth generation i'm like oh man well you've got, uh, you've got <laughs> i'm working on it you're working on it working yeah. on it and, but i think it's i mean i think it's good and it's something that people um you know, don't think about, but it's an, it's an important part of the community, especially um, at some pretty sad times in people's lives. Right. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've gone through the kind of sort of the histories. We've got embalming, like the Egyptians embalming and stuff. And, but um, people can have a really extravagant funeral. It's kind of like a wedding, you know? Right. I mean, look, I mean, you can have like something that's very simple, just just family. Or you could have something that's massive and... Um, yeah, I mean, you could even have it that's not even just family. I mean, you really just need a you know, majority of kinship to sign off on a direct cremation. And, right. And you know, then you're, you're only in the funeral home for like an hour and a half if everyone's there to sign and right. do the proper paperwork. Um, and then you just show up later on and we've returned your someone too and that, yeah. that's becoming popular around here particularly uh because uh, you know um it's kind of like weddings around here uh people are starting to get into having like a farm wedding yeah you know down by the pond or sure things like that and we Simple. we handle the medical part uh, the, the taking care of the cremation part mm-hmm. and all that and then we just uh give everyone what they they need and then they can go do their own thing or on the other side you can still have families that have two nights of visitation uh, a very elaborate casket Mm -hmm. you know the the whole thing but you know the way most things go in life we're about we're mostly in the middle yeah exactly so i mean if you give one piece of advice to somebody um what would you say as far as as far as planning is concerned don't be scared. All <laughs> <laughs> right. We're fine. Again, yeah. there's lots of candy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, pre planning is not necessarily for everybody, but I, I've seen the other end of it where, you know, people are just, you know, they knew they were going to pass away and they come in and they're like, Dad never wanted to do anything about this. Uh, he was uh, seriously planning on living forever. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that, yeah, we see that every day. And um, But it is nice to have a plan on hand and to make sure other people know your the plan. plan. Yeah. Um, it's good to talk to your uh, older loved ones. I, you know, it. In general, it's it's good to always be talking to everyone. You know, it, our generation gets blamed for having our faces buried in our phones, but right. 
you know, I, I was blessed. I, I got to spend the better part of like a year and a half with my grandfather at the end of his life. And, you know, it's just got a lot of stories out of him. And, you know, that sometimes I'll be writing an obituary for uh, someone. And uh, they're just, I, I just don't know anything. I don't know what to add. I, right. Uh, where did they go to high school? I don't really know. You know, yeah, what? I mean, it's 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 sad sometimes to to think about that kind of stuff. And and I know that some people are super prepared, you know, like my grandfather had some people are super prepared for everything. Exactly. But I think that that sort of fits people's personalities and right. that, they would be that way it in life is. and they're that it, way in death. It is a very big personality. thing. Yeah. But I mean, I think also if you're if you're dealing with somebody, this is a it's an important conversation to have. It um, is. It's not easy, but in the end, it's going to make life um, for the person who's still living. Uh, it's going to give them comfort. Exactly. Because they don't have to make hard decisions right. that have already been done for they them. They don't have to do things that they think that they think are right. Right. They do things that they know that is what they wanted. Right. Um, granted, that sometimes is a issue. You'll have one one child uh believe interpret the plan as this and one child that interprets the plan as that and then <laughs> then we're in the middle and we kind of referee a little bit but we're super good at it nice that's and, good uh, it's a good skill you never thought you'd need right I, you know that's uh, one of the really cool things about this job is i had no idea the vast skill set involved in this um you know uh, there's a, you know, medical like embalming side to it, right? But That's then the technical side of it, yeah. You know, there's that technical side of it. Uh, there's like a first responder almost side of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, sometimes we go to the home, we go to the nursing home, we go to the hospital, you know, and, and we're there within a half hour, like twenty four seven. Right. Exactly. For most part, so you know that's a logistics side to it. And then, like, you know, there's, like, a legal side to it, making sure that you're buying all the state and federal regulations. I mean, I believe our crematory alone is regulated by three different Maryland state agencies. Wow. Um, you know, federally, we're regulated by, like, you know, OSHA is a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, Federal Trade Commission is a big one. Um, there's a financial side to it, uh, you know, accommodating people that need to pay over time, you know, like making sure, sure you have your bases covered. Um, and you know, that's another thing with pre-need, uh, if people opt for pre-need, uh, you can pay for the funeral in advance. And, uh, if it's done properly, uh, the interest on what, once you pay in advance, the money is placed in escrow mm -hmm. and it gains interest, but the funeral home keeps the interest to help offset inflation. Right. So that's almost like a financial planner side to it. Right, exactly. And then my personal favorite, whenever I go out of town and uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm a single person, and I, if I get to talking to someone, they ask me what I do, and I'm not too sure if they'd be into hearing what I do. I just tell them I'm an event planning. <laughs> it, it, you know, a lot of millennials <laughs> like saying they're an event planning. I'm like... I'm an event planner. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So what? You do trade shows? Yeah. Trade shows. 
That's good. Big trade shows. Big trade shows. Small trade shows. Big trade shows. Anything. A in lot in the middle trade shows. That's good. Uh, I mean, that's but, a good. That's good. Kind of. It's a topic. I think it's important to discuss. It's not exactly easy, but I think a lot of people don't ask questions right. of people um, that can help them kind of fill in the blanks when it comes to something as uh, final as death. Yeah, it's okay to uh, talk to it. You know, even people without much of a personality. You know, they uh, you'll you'll have like people is to say, "Oh, just throw me in a box and be done with it." It's right? Like, yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than that, actually. You know, uh, let us walk through the steps and tell us what you want, what you don't right. want. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, and sometimes, uh, you know, not to like dwell on like negative things, of it, but like, uh, Cumberland is a community where a lot of people have moved away. Yeah. Um, and since they've moved away, uh, they don't spend necessarily as much time with uh, their loved one as like they feel they should have. Right. And sometimes at like the time of when the funeral comes around, I could tell there's a slight level of guilt there and they're sort of overextending themselves on the fiancés because they feel like it'll make up for something for something that they didn't do earlier yeah yeah uh, so i mean if you just pick up the phone every now and then you'll yep. probably feel a lot better about it you and might not be able to hear you very well and not but, think yeah. that you need to buy a solid copper gasket I, you know i I, I'm not the best salesperson in the whole wide world. I, yeah. I, yeah, I guess the corporate funeral homes, uh, would, would, I would, I get fired in a heartbeat. But I, right. I, I really do not like talking people into anything they don't need. Right. Uh, you know, I, that, that's like just a moral, an ethical situation. Thing I'm standing yeah. on. Well, that's good. I mean, a lot of people would. But if do they that. wanted, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, if this is something <laughs> that you're like, they wanted, and you know, they can obviously it's definitely what they want and they're good everyone's good then cool i mean i think it's it's great so yeah. i, I mean, love copper I've, I've never seen a solid copper casket i, I, I but i've seen it in the catalog and i bet yeah. it, it's probably pretty in person probably yeah very <laughs> shiny you have to yeah. maybe wear sunglasses in the right in the visitation room yeah especially if you're like you know not in the line of totality or something right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think this is a good starting off point. Um, I think I hope you can come back and talk about some things. Maybe um, people might have questions about certain things, and they can certainly call the funeral home. I would imagine. Uh, Someone answers the phone every hour of every day. That's amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, but during the night, you kind of got to go through the answering service, and then they'll get you to someone who's just waking up. But. So call during the day. Call during the day <laughs> if for, you have um, questions for just some general questions. That's probably the best. Um, and then maybe you can come back and we can maybe get a little bit more in depth about the history of uh, yeah, history I, of everything. I'll definitely brush up on it. You know, I still have my materials. I'd, I'd love to talk more about it. And then Good. you know, there's some interesting trends coming along uh, with uh, funeral service. So I'd, I would love to be back. That'd be great, uh, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Lydia. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, be sure to head over to our website, and that is recordtalklisten.com. While you're there, explore, find other podcast episodes that you're interested in listening to. You can listen to them right on the browser, or like we said before, subscribe to the podcast. All that information can be found on the right-hand side of the page, including how you can support the show. 
If you or someone you know is uh, has a business and would like to sponsor or advertise, um, we highly recommend you do that. And you can send us an email, and that's recordtalklisten at gmail.com, and, and we can make that dream happen for you. We love to hear from you, the listener. And uh, what better way to do that than join the Facebook group, The People Who Listen. Also, you can just like our page on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash recordtalklisten. We're on Twitter at RTL pod and an old fashioned email always gets through. And that is record talk, listen at gmail.com. This has been another episode of record talk, listen, where I hit record people talk and hopefully you listen until next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.